Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, good morning. Um, my name is Keith. I'm the campus pastor here, and um, I'm so glad that you're with us today. I, I, before I get to saying too much, I just want to open up just straight into Scripture. So Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 8, I want to read this, and then we'll kind of launch from this point. <clears throat> one of the, uh, gosh, arguably one of the best chapters in the Bible. There's so much in Romans chapter 8. And um, I, love, I love in verses 35 through 39, this is what we're going to read today. I love what it says. It brings so much comfort and um, so much peace. peace. It says in verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Here's the answer, No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I want to read that again. He said, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory, not just any kind of victory, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Verse 38, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, many of you know what, what happened this week and, um, in our church family. And for those of you who don't know, I want, I want, to, I want to catch you up because um, I realize that, that um, you, know, you, you, you may have not got, got an email or you may have not heard from people in our, in our church. Um, but on Monday afternoon, a, a young family in our church lost their 18-month-old. It, um, it has been, with uh, at least to say, it's been It's been tragic. <laughs> It's, uh, it's been horrible. Um, it's been, this, this will be the toughest thing that we have gone through as a church family. Uh, if, for those of you who know Jake and Lizzie, you know, you know a little bit about them. Um, Jake, Jake it was the dad, Lizzie was, was the mom. Um, Lizzie was, she usually stands over here and she's the one who leads us in worship. Uh, she's Bethany's sister, amazing, amazing person, amazing voice. She's just, she's just awesome. Jake, really, really talented musician. Um, you, you'll usually find him right here in the drums, um, but he's also played the bass. He also plays the electric guitar. In fact, the guitar is actually his first instrument, I believe, but he just likes to jam on the drums, which I appreciate. So um, they're, they're just amazing, amazing people. Uh, some of you in here, you actually watched... Little Junie in our children's ministry. You kept her. She was in the nursery. She's in the toddler. You, you know her. Uh, just to kind of let you in on uh, my world, you know, me and Natalie were really close with, with Jake and Lizzie. And uh, our kids were close to them. Our kids were close to Junie. They, they knew her. 
Um, they played with her every single Sunday. My oldest son chased her up and down these halls almost every single, every single Sunday. And, um, and, and the reason I, I tell you that is because, because to say that they are a big part of our church family here is, is an understatement. They're a huge part of, of what we do. They're a huge part. I mean, they've, they have led you in worship Sunday in and Sunday out. And, and so this, this loss, this, this tragedy is kind of, um, it's affected all of us. It's affected all of us. And, you know, in, in these moments, it's kind of as a pastor, you kind of, you know, you, I, I go up and I have my, my usual, my schedule when I prepare for messages and all that. And this week, I have to admit, I walked into my office and shut the door and I was like, what in the world am I going to talk about this Sunday? <laughs> well, Lord, you're going to have to give me, give me the words. Well, what is there to say? What, where do I go with this? And I, I just want you to know today that um, I, can't, I can't be, I have to be real today. Is that okay? I have to be real today. You know you can be real and still have faith. You know, you can be real and still have strength. You can be, <clears throat> you can be real and actually still be a Christian. <laughs> it's funny, um, as I've even just thinking about what we would do today as a church family, I even struggled with what, am I, what are we supposed to do? The question came in, what are we supposed to do? And, and I, I'm even getting more and more revelation on this. You know, we as the church, we, this is not a knock. This is not to condemn us or make us feel guilty. But we, we need to get better at being real. We need to get better at, like, showing up and not expecting church to be this production. Not expecting church to be this thing where we just kind of blow past even moments like this. And, and, and not just be real. And I don't think that we do it because we have any evil inside of us or whatever. We've just been taught. You come to church and you get a product. You come to church and you get a certain thing. For most churches around the world, it's going to be about 15 minutes of worship. You're going to have to talk to somebody you don't want to talk to. Shake their hand. Um, they may even, if you go to the church here, they may even make, make you high five them. Oh, gosh. And then you're going to hear a 20 to 30 minute message and then you, you've already got your lunch plans and you go. And, and I, I'm not necessarily saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm simply saying that the church is more than that. And in this moment, in these moments, in these situations just like this, <clears throat> it's a time to be real. Today we're going to talk about what happened. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk around this situation. We're not going to blow past it. We're not going to, there's nothing in me that can get up here today and just preach the regular, regular scheduled message. It's not, I don't believe it's something that we should do. Um, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, all right, Lord, you know, give me a, I need, a, I need a story. I need an example. And you'll have to excuse me today. I, I, it might go in, I might go into really deep, sorrowful moments and then also funny moments. So you can laugh if you want to or not. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, but, 
the Lord's funny with me. Um, he gave me a, I, I like to believe he gave me a great sense of humor. And um, I was like, Lord, you're going to have to give me like an example of this. What, what, how do we, how do we handle these moments and be real in these moments? And he, he brought me back to um, Acts chapter 2, the day the Holy Spirit blew into the room. Um, <clears throat> it says that, that he came in like a mighty rushing wind. People broke out in tongues. There was <coughs> something that, that they described as a tongue of fire that rested upon each person's head. And it was so crazy in the room that the people that were watching, the people outside of the room looking in, said, oh, these people are wasted. They're drunk. And in the moment, this miracle happens, and Peter gets up, and first thing he addresses is the drunk comment. He said, hey, I know it looks a little crazy in here, but nobody's drunk. It's only 9 a.m. And they're like, are you sure? You can, I'm sure you can still kind of get there at 9 a.m. But anyways, moving on. <clears throat> And, and, he, and he begins to explain what's actually happening. He, he begins to bring answers to the questions that people are having. He begins to minister. He begins to share the gospel. And that day, 3,000 people are saved. And it's the very birth of the church that we know today. Hear me today. The church was born and birthed in realness. And what was so funny to me is the thought came to my head, I'm really, really glad that Peter didn't go to his boys and be like, hey, I know there was a whole thing that happened today, but we're supposed to teach on tithing today. So let's just go ahead and let's do that. Everybody, if you'd open your Bible to Malachi chapter three. No, no, no. He didn't do that, did he? He didn't blow past the moment, but he explained and he brought clarity and he ministered around the very thing that God was doing in the midst of them right then. That is the church. That's why we're here today. <clears throat> and um, so if I, if I can, I'm going to do my best to just bring a little bit of, of clarity to the situation, bring a... Um, in some ways, some answers. Uh, I'll, I'll warn you, in times like these, I've learned there are a lot more questions than there are answers. Um, but that's actually okay. And so uh, let's dive into this today, but I want to open up in prayer. So, so God, we, just, we ask you to, to come and, and just move in this place. Minister to us. Love on us. Comfort us. We receive your comfort. We receive your peace. We receive a spirit of faith. <clears throat> despite our feelings, despite where we might be right now in this moment emotionally, <laughs> we just come to you and, and um, we trust you. We ask you to minister to us. Yeah, Lord, I ask you to minister to your people today through me in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 You know, I think it's difficult to navigate times like these because there are so many different, um, even, even in this very moment, there's so many different um, emotional responses in the room. There's so many different forms of connection. 
Um, just think about who's in the room today. You, you might be here and you might be extremely close to Jake and Lizzie. And then you might be here and it might be your first Sunday at Renew Life Church. <laughs> that is the, the dynamic of the room today. That is, that, that is that's just kind of what's here. And I, and I think in these moments, it, it can be difficult to navigate a whole lot of things. Navigate what, we're, what we need to talk about. Navigate the, 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 that span and that gap in, in, in as far as where people are at. It's difficult in these times to navigate our emotions. To navigate our thoughts. Here's one for you. It's probably eating your sack lunch, for many of you today, it's difficult to navigate your theology in moments like this. It's difficult to navigate what you believe or what you thought you believed or what you think you should believe. It's really, really hard to navigate the big, fat question mark that's hanging around in your soul. And I think first things first, the first step that we have to take is actually to acknowledge and be real and be real about the fact that this is hard. This is real and this is hard. I have to acknowledge like, man, it's not the outcome I was believing for. This is not what I wanted to happen. This is not how I wanted to start off my week. <laughs> it's very important, hear me today. It's very important that the first thing that you do is acknowledge the fact that this is a difficult time. I grew up uh, in college. When I got to college, I, I got around Word of Faith, the Word of Faith movement. And, um, and I'm not here to bash the Word of Faith because um, there are very, there's a lot of undertones in this church that are word of faith, just so you know. They, they got a lot right. But I think one of the, the, the areas that they struggled in was denying the truth and denying the facts. You weren't allowed to admit. You weren't allowed to say, hey, this is hard. You weren't allowed to say, like, I don't feel well today. <laughs> and I think there's a realness, and I think there's a relational side of the gospel and a relational side of our walk with Jesus that says, just like the three Hebrew children, Lord, I know you can and I know you will, but even if you don't, I'm still going to believe in you. And it's this place of, Lord, I, 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 this is how I feel, but I still believe you. This is what I'm going through. These are the questions that I have, but I, I still believe in, in you. Um. I want to be careful today because I don't want to, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take what has happened and, and, and make it into a message. I want you to hear me today. And, I, and I'm not trying to take, I'm not trying for, to take your, your, your hard times and, and the things that you've struggled with and act like it compares to what has happened to Jake and Lizzie and happened to this church family. And in no way is there any comparison here. But, but, but here's the truth. We've, we, we have all been in hard times, and if we haven't, we will be. There are things that we experience in life that are hard. There are things that, that we experience in life that are tragic, that are, that are just flat-out horrible. And to some degree, we can all relate in this room what it feels like. 
to be in the moment where like, man, I just don't know what to do. But can I just tell you I have really good news for you today? <laughs> the good news that I have is called the good news. Is it doesn't actually matter where you find yourself today. The questions you have, the beliefs that are in question, the emotions, the thoughts that are just crazy in your head. It, it, actually, it actually doesn't even matter. Like You can't even put words to what's going on in here because there's a place that all of us can go no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we're thinking, no matter what questions we have. It's a place, and, it's, and this place is a someone, and his name is Jesus. As believers, in every situation, we have an answer. It is Jesus. What do I do in this time, Pastor? You go to Jesus. What should I think? Think about Jesus. What, 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 should, I, what, should, I, what should I do? I think you should go to Jesus. In fact, I would argue you, you, this isn't just something that you can do. This is something that you should do. Because he's actually the only one who can help. He's the only one who has the real answer. He's the only one we can trust in these times. It's actually okay for us to go and lay everything that we're feeling, everything that we're thinking at the feet of Jesus. And hear me today, don't, don't dismiss this because it sounds elementary. Don't dismiss this because it sounds simple. This is not some just nice thing to say. No, I'm talking about you going to the true one son of the living God, Jesus himself. He's the one you go to. He's the one we run to. In fact, Jesus was the one who told us to do this very thing. In Matthew chapter 11, he says this in verse 28. He says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and here it is, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Simply put today, you need to know this. Jesus is the answer. Simply put, Jesus is the answer. You, you want to know something about Jesus? He can handle your heavy burden. You want to know something about you? You can't. <laughs> you want to know something about Jesus? Jesus is not scared of how you feel right now. I like to say it this way, Jesus is a big boy. He can actually handle it. We, we have to be careful that we don't, we don't, um, we can't be afraid to bring our emotion, the emotions that we're feeling to Jesus right now. We, a lot of us, we, we get afraid because we think that if we bring him our anger and we bring him our questions, that we'll actually anger him, that we'll offend him. No, no, hear me today. He can handle it. And wherever you're at, I'm telling you, would you go lay it at the feet of Jesus? Can you take it to him? 
Can you, I've learned this in my relationship with him that, that these are the moments where I run to him and I say, Lord, I don't know. Lord, I'm mad. Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I don't even know what I'm feeling, but I'm coming to you for help and I'm laying this at your feet. Lord, you're going to have to do something with this. You're going to have to do something with this and you're going to have to do something in me and with me because I'm a mess right now. Natalie talked about this last week in ministry time. She began to minister on this, this stirring that seems to be happening in the body of Christ. In this place where you find yourself, it's a, it, she called it a holy unsettling. Raise your hand if that, if that was you that day. You came and was like, man, I'm just feeling this thing on the inside. This, this whirlwind on the inside where you don't have answers, you don't know what to do, guess where you need to go? Jesus. Say, well, I, I, I know that. Okay, I know you know it, but are you? Oh, come on, can I just preach just a little bit today? Are you? I gotta ask myself that question sometimes. Sometimes we hear things so many times like God loves you. Do, like, no, no, God loves you. Jesus said, come. You got questions? Come. You got wrong emotions? Come. You mad at me? Why don't you come and sit at the table and tell me how mad you are? Come, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and are carrying, carrying a heavy burden. Hear me today. If the burden is heavy, it's a sign to bring. If the burden is heavy, it's a sign, it's a sign to run, run. Run close. Go to him. I said this last week. The woman who was, the woman who was dealing with the issue of blood, she, she, she reached out after years and years and years, and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And, and, and just to show you how God loves his people so much in an act of grace, notice what Jesus did. He did not keep walking, but he turned around. And he came to her. She had a problem. She went to Jesus. Jesus didn't get further away. Jesus turned and became, and became close. He's not afraid of our issues. Um. <clears throat> You know, I, I think what I really want to talk about today is the fact that <clears throat> um, Jesus was so smart <laughs> and Jesus knew so much. There was a reason that he actually told you to come to him in these moments. And the reason he told you to come to him in these moments is because what he knows is that you need him more than you need the answer you're looking for. Hear me today. You need him more than you need the answer that you're looking for. You need him more than you need the relief from the pain that you're feeling. You need him more than you need that big old question mark to disappear. You need him more than you need your thoughts to get right and your emotions to get right. You actually, you need him. Because he's actually the ultimate answer. Jesus is the one who, who, who actually brings the real satisfaction. How do I know this? Because I've lived life. I know this through my experience and I know this through the word of God. And I'll just, I'll prove it to you for just a moment. How many of you have ever needed direction in your life? Raise your hand. You're like, Lord, I need some direction. All right, now raise your hand if he gave you that direction. Okay, Awesome brought a lot of relief, brought a lot of satisfaction. Yes, I know what to do with my life. Um, <clears throat> question, 
If that's happened a second, third, fourth, kajillionth time since then, raise your hand. Hear me today. The satisfaction and relief that comes from an answer has an expiration date. The answer you're looking for has an expiration date. The relief from the pain that you're looking for has an expiration date. Guess who doesn't? Jesus. Guess who always satisfies? Jesus. Guess who time in and time out is always going to be there and is always going to be the thing that you need? Jesus. And it's actually in this place that we form, I think, I think some of the most special memories with him. And we form a, a facet of our relationship with him that would not have come outside of the trial and outside of the trouble. I'll be honest with you, um, in this whole process, there, and I, I say this very humbly, there hasn't been a moment that I've questioned my relationship with him. My faith is still in him. I still know that God is good. I still believe that God heals. I still believe that God comes through. I, I, all of that, there, there, there's, there's nothing that is forming a wedge, hear me today. There's nothing that's forming a wedge between me and Jesus right now. This moment and this thing that we're walking through, it has not come in and separated in any way my relationship with Jesus. You want to know why? Because I have too much history with him. I have too much history with him. I've realized after walking through many of these moments now that I can actually still trust him. I've actually realized that in my own personal experience, even though I still have questions and even though heaven didn't come to earth like I wanted him to, and even though it was, it's been a struggle, I mean, just so you know, I was there for everything in this whole moment. I've been there. I've been in this moment since Monday. I was here setting up for family dinner when Lizzie called me and said she's not breathing, pray right now. That's how real it's been. And in all of that, me and Jesus are close. There's something on the inside of me that's saying, Jesus, I, I don't get this, but oh my gosh, I so trust you. I don't, I don't understand. This is hard. I don't, I don't even have all the answers. But man, I... I just want you to know, Jesus, me and you are good. And I hear Jesus saying the same thing, like, hey, I just want you to know, Keith, you're, we're good. Jesus is the answer. He's come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. I'll give you rest. Notice in that scripture, he doesn't say, and I'll give you the answer He doesn't say, and I'll fix it. He says, I'll give you rest. It's in these moments that we just come close to him and we trust him. I, uh, 
<clears throat> I wrote it down this way. Uh, one of the things we have to be careful of as believers is that we don't seek the provision of Jesus over the person of Jesus. You hear me today? He provides. He brings answers. He will give you direction. He will bring comfort. All those, I'm not saying he doesn't do those things. But we have to be, we, when, when we realize like, oh, that actually he's the goal, that he's the, he's the one, it, everything starts to, in some ways, make sense. <laughs> um, the, let me give you a, a real life practical example to bring some more clarity to this. Um, <clears throat> believe it or not, me and my wife fight every once in a while. I'm not sure if you ever deal with that in your world and in your life. Every time we get in an argument, I don't lay our relationship on the table as like, all right, we're going to see how this works out. All right, my, 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 our relationship and our commitment's at play here. We'll see how this conflict goes. We'll see, we'll see if, we'll, let's see how big me not taking out the trash was. Let's just see how big of a deal this was, and then we'll figure out if we're going to stay married or not, or how committed we're going to be, our relationship's going to work. I don't lay my relationship on the table every time there's an argument and every time there's a conflict. No, 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 no. The relationship is there. The commitment is there. And it's from a place of commitment and relationship that we address conflict. We don't do it the other way around. We don't address conflict seeing where our relationship will go. No, no, no. We are firm in our relationship and we'll see where the conflict goes. But as far as me and her, we're together. As far as her commitment to me and my commitment to her, we're together. It's the same in, with Jesus. See, you can bring, his, bring him your emotions, bring him your thoughts, bring him your questions, but, but I want to I warn you and I want to encourage you. Make sure that you're not laying your relationship on the table. This is the healthy way to, to, to handle this situation. This is the healthy way to resolve this, this thing. This is, this is something that Scripture calls, this is, a, this is you wrestling with God. This is what it means to wrestle with him. It means, Jesus, you're really ticking me off right now, but I love you and I trust you. And I don't know, I, I know I'm not supposed to be mad at you, but I am. But you know I love you, right, bro? <laughs> it's okay to call him your bro because he's our elder brother. It's scripture. Just get over it, all right? <clears throat> like, I, I really, I, I want to teach in this moment. Because I think we have a great opportunity to, to learn how we are to function in our relationship with Jesus in times like these. And I don't believe it's healthy that we just take all of our crap and all of our junk and all of our questions and all of our anger and all of the sadness and just shove it in front of him. And say, either you fix this or we're done. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about sitting on the same side as Jesus holding his hand and presenting. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. Ultimately, I trust you. But I would really like you to speak right now. 
I would really like a word right now. Is this making sense? I, <clears throat> I found this quote on Instagram this week. It's from a guy named David Fish. And um, he was talking about a different subject, but this, this statement really applies to what we're saying here. Uh, he's an incredible writer. Listen to his words. He says, my fingers have slipped too far into his wounded side to ever turn back. My fingers have slipped too far into his wounded side to ever turn back. Hear me today. I beg you, don't let this moment form a wedge between you and your relationship with Jesus. Let it bring you closer. Let it be the very thing that, that bonds you to him. Let him be the one who brings the ultimate comfort. Come and lay it at his feet. Hey, Jesus, we're good. <laughs> but I need you to minister to me now. And I want to encourage you, get so real with him. Please, I beg you, get real with him. You've never been real with him before. What you will find about him and what you will find about yourself will blow your mind. Get transparent. Get vulnerable. Let him know the thoughts that are going through your head. Because Jesus is a master at knowing what to say and knowing what to do in the moment. You'd be surprised at how many times he will come to you in your darkest moment and he will tell you to get up. Stop wallowing on the ground and stop crying. I need you to stand right now. And in the same breath, he'll get down right there with you and cry on the floor with you. This is why we need him, because he knows what we need more than we know, more than we do. <laughs> it was just, just yesterday, I'm, I'm on my face in my office praying, and I just felt him say, stand up. Stand up. And that scripture came to mind. Uh, having done all to stand, what's the next word? S come on, say it like you mean it. Stand. Having done all to stand, I, I can't stand anymore. He's like, no, nope, keep standing. It's these moments where he is, is, is personal with you and he ministers to you. Um. I think it's in these moments, you know, if I had a title for, to, uh, for the message today, um, I, I, felt, I actually felt the Lord give me this title in, in, in this phrase. He said, embrace the mystery. Embrace the mystery. See, it's when we understand this about Jesus and we understand this about our relationship with him, when we understand that, it actually enables us to embrace the mystery of him. Never preached on this before. Um, I'm a fun guy. I'm a, I'm a joy guy. I'm a, hey, I'm a, I'm a faith guy. Like I, I can encourage and believe for God to do. I'm, I'm, I'm like a mountaintop preacher. <laughs> That's where I kind of want to hang out. If there's a little bit of snow and I have a snowboard with me, even better. I want to be up there but you can't 
read through Scripture and not realize there's some valleys too, isn't there? There's a mystery to God. And the very nature of mystery is that we don't understand. I think it's one of the toughest things. Like, nobody wanted to come to church today and hear, yeah, I ain't got no answers. No one wants to come and sit in the seats and go, yeah, it's just because there's a mystery in God. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to embrace the mystery when you embrace the person of Jesus. Come on, I'm going to say that again. It's a lot easier for you to embrace the mystery when you embrace the person of Jesus. When you realize that he's the goal, when you realize that you have him no matter what, there's something that comes over you that goes, man, I, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Paul said these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. <clears throat> You'll know it when you, when you hear it. He says, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Verse eight, he says, three different times I begged you, God. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. Each time he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power works best in weakness. So Paul came to this conclusion, now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Here's what I do know. His grace is sufficient for you wherever you're at right now. Whatever hard thing you're facing, many of you, and I, I actually just, let's just be real for a moment. If, if um, no shame whether you raise your hand or don't, but if you're feeling this, this thing that's happened in our church, would you just raise your hand and say, it's, it's really affected me? Yeah, a lot of you, yeah. <clears throat> Here's what I know. His grace is sufficient for us right now. Here's what I've experienced even this week. When I'm weak, he's strong. In a moment where I, where I would be the weakest, supernaturally his grace came upon me and made me strong. In the moment that his strength left me, I knew it. Because I cried hard. <laughs> There's been moments that I've had just personally, you need to know, I, there's been moments in this week that I've never experienced emotionally before in my whole life. And yet here I stand. And I got good news for you. And yet here Jake and Lizzie stand. They're standing today. They're alive today. I think it would help for you to know they're making it. 
they're actually making it. I mean, I was proud of them. They even went and got them some Dirk's chicken this week and went out and ate. Like, come on, somebody. That'll make anybody feel better, right? I know Lizzie got out with her, with her sisters. Her whole, their whole family's here and went and got her nails done. And like, like they're, they're standing. Do they have questions? Absolutely. Are they hurting? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm just, I am so wowed by God in these moments. I know many of, of your stories in the stuff that you're walking through right now, the stuff that you have walked through, the crap that you've been through. Oh my gosh. And yet here you are. You in this room is a living testimony that his grace is sufficient. Come on, I need an amen. That his grace is sufficient. That in your weakness, he's strong. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.